welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Elohim doesn't have to tell us why he does what he does. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. But when he does tell us, we'd better listen. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Ohio and Columbia. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. At the time of this recording, the Torah readings have been following the life of Moshe, the children of Israel during their captivity in Egypt, and our Heavenly Father's faithfulness to His Word. The more we study the Torah, the more we learn about the Elohim of Israel. He is truly faithful to His Word over many generations and years. Amen, Daddy. And His faithfulness continues through the books of the prophets, the writings, and the New Testament. Amen. Another way that we see His faithfulness is in the connections interwoven in the Scriptures. They are hard to see unless you know that the Torah is context for understanding the rest of the Bible. Without the Torah as context, the latter parts of the Bible may seem to be giving all new information. Hmm, That's a great point, Mama. Beginning with the stories of Adam and Eve and continuing through the stories of Noah and his family, we see the faithfulness of Elohim. In these stories, we begin to see the character and values of Elohim. We begin to understand why He created humankind and what Elohim expects from us. We also see that He wants to be known by His creation. He actually wants to have a relationship with us. Now that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Psalm 8 verses 3 through 9 capture that sentiment. It says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are humans that you are concerned with them? Humans that you watch over them with such care. You made them a little lower than angels. You crowned them with glory and honor. You made them to rule what your hands made. You put everything under their feet, sheep and oxen, all of them. Also the animals in the wild, the birds in the air, the fish in the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the sea. Yehovah Adonainu, Yehovah our Lord, Ma'adir, Shimka ba'akal ha'aretz. How glorious is your name throughout the earth. Mama, do we need a Hammond organ in Red Pill Torah Studios? No, Dad, I think we're good. I just love reading scripture that extols our Elohim. He is so worthy of all praise. Amen, Mama. The name of Yehovah is glorious in all the earth. Amen and amen. Mm-hmm. His name is so glorious that we want to be counted among the people who are called by His name. When I read the Torah... I noticed that Elohim wants to be called by the name of his people. Through the book of Breshit, or Genesis, we read the stories of the fathers, the fathers of our faith. We see Elohim's faithfulness to Abraham, to his son Isaac, and to Isaac's son Jacob. Each of the fathers led lives of adventure. They saw times when it looked like their very lives were in jeopardy of ending. A premature death by any of them would have ended the covenant and promises made to Abraham. Jehovah's promises to the fathers was not just for their future generations, including us, 
but to them as well. He showed his awesome power by delivering them through dangerous situations. He gave them victory over people who tried to oppress them and prospered them to ensure that they were equipped to fulfill his divine purposes. Amen. Eventually, history progressed to the time of Moshe and Israel's slavery in Egypt. As the time drew near for Israel's deliverance from Egypt, we see our Elohim introduce himself in a new way. Shemot, or Exodus, chapter 3, tells about when Moshe investigated the burning bush. Moshe heard Elohim call his name twice. More on that in a future podcast. Moshe answered, Hineni, or Here I am. Elohim told Moshe to not come any closer and to remove his shoes. Next came the big introduction. Vayomer Anohi Elohe Avicha, Elohe Avraham, Elohe Yitzhak, Elohe Yaakov. I am the Elohim of your father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob. Let's look at that introduction a little closer. Okay. First, he is the Elohim of Moshe's father. We remember that when Joseph sent wagons to bring his father Jacob to Egypt, Jehovah spoke to Jacob. He said, don't be afraid to go to Egypt. I'm going with you. The covenant-keeping Elohim personally went to Egypt to watch over his people and his covenant. That meant that Elohim would be Elohim to the Hebrews in Egypt, including Moshe's father, Amram. But the connection did not start there. Elohim introduced himself as the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. Think about that. We want to be the people called by his name, and Elohim introduces himself as the Elohim called by the name of the fathers. That tells us a lot about how he values his covenant made with the fathers. When we identify Yehovah as the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we are agreeing with him and saying that he keeps his word over thousands of years and many generations. This gives us profound insights into who he is and why he does what he does. Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 15 gives us an important Torah principle that is related to the way Elohim introduces himself to Moshe. It says, One witness alone will not be sufficient to convict a person of any offense or sin of any kind. The matter will be established only if there are two or three witnesses testifying against him. The principle is that two or three witnesses are needed to establish the truth of a matter, right? Mm-hmm. We see corresponding New Testament scriptures about the importance of two or three witnesses as well. In 2 Corinthians 13, 1, in 1 Timothy 5, 19, and in 1 John 5, verse 8. The principle of two or three witnesses is so important to Elohim that he introduced himself to Moshe. And when he did, he mentioned the three main witnesses to his covenant and faithfulness, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm, nice. His covenant with them is the reason why Moshe is being commissioned to lead Israel out of slavery in Egypt and eventually to freedom in the Promised Land. Mama, I noticed that Jehovah did not introduce himself as the Elohim of Moshe at that time. That's interesting. Exodus chapter 2 verse 11 and 12 says, One day, when Moshe was a grown man, he went out to visit his kinsmen and he watched them struggling at forced labor. He saw an Egyptian strike a Hebrew, and when he saw that no one was around, he killed the Egyptian 
and hit his body in the sand. In our podcast episode 124, Drawing Lines of Division, we talked about our human propensity to choose sides. Even though Elohim did not identify himself as the Elohim of Moshe, Moshe certainly did seem to align himself with the covenant people, in a sense. That's true, Daddy. However, the next two verses show the lines that the Hebrew people drew, and Moshe was not on their side of the line. Mm -mm. Reading verse 13, The next day Moses went out and saw two Hebrew men fighting with each other. To the one in the wrong he said, Why are you hitting your companion? He replied, Who appointed you ruler and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me the way you killed the Egyptian? Moshe became frightened. Clearly, he thought, the matter has become known. Perhaps this was a sign to Moshe that he alone was not able to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. They did not identify with him. Moshe didn't do slave work like they did, man. He probably dressed and ate a lot better than they did. He didn't seem like one of them to them. Good point, Daddy. Also, Moshe simply did not have the authority to free the Hebrews. He needed the backing of an authority higher than Pharaoh. In Moshe's encounter with Jehovah and throughout the story of Israel, we see the reason why Jehovah did so many miraculous works for his people. He wanted the world to know him. He gave a reason why after he commissioned Moshe to turn his staff into a snake. Exodus chapter 4 verse 5 says, So they will believe that the Elohim of their fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob actually appeared to Moses. So you're saying the reason for the judgments and plagues on Egypt were not just so that Egypt would let Israel go, but it was for the world back then and us today to know the power of Jehovah and to invite him to be our Elohim too. Amen. Pharaoh didn't get the message though. In his first meeting with Moshe and Aaron, according to Exodus 5, verse 2, Pharaoh replied, Who is Jehovah that I should obey when he says to let Israel go? I don't know Jehovah, and I also won't let Israel go. Pharaoh admitted that he did not know Jehovah and did not respect his authority. But after the nation of Egypt had been destroyed by the plagues, I'm sure Pharaoh knew Jehovah. Mm-hmm. By the time Israel made it to Mount Sinai, the known world knew that their gods were no match for the awesome power of Jehovah Sevaot. Throughout the story of the Exodus, we see Jehovah giving his reasons for doing what he did. We have learned that it's a true blessing when our Elohim gives a reason for what he does. Of course, he doesn't owe us any reason or explanation. In most cases, we simply obey him because we love and trust him completely. Amen. When our Elohim gives a reason, we need to pay close attention. From Yeshua the Messiah, we learned that Jehovah's reasons why haven't really changed. Yeshua commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and preach the good news. The good news is that the Father still wants everyone to know him, and his kingdom is coming soon. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and be content with fitting in with this world's systems? Or would you take the red pill and help spread the good news about the Elohim of Israel and his invitation for all the world to know him? Only you can answer that question. The harvest is truly ripe and times are becoming more and more wicked. Let's all join the effort to publish the name of Jehovah to the world. 
Let's work now while we can. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please listen again online and share this with a friend. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah where you can.